Speak louder. Oh, look at that. See, that that's looks yours. Good. That's yours right there. Yeah, I see some little on there. Oh, shit. See, that's mine. Mine's still a little more, little more powerful than yours. More powerful than mine. Oh, but you are the five time Wushu champion. So I better speak louder because I want to win. Exactly. I need to win. And by the end of the podcast, I'll be like, why is she like, <laughs> why is her voice, voice dying? <laughs> the action star is dying. It must be the end. But there will be a twist. That's right. There will be a twist. She will come back from I the will. dead, perhaps. I usually hope if I die, I hope that happens. I always want to come back to part two if that, if ah, that is true. if I died. Yeah. Yes. It's a sequel. Yeah, we'll talk about that because Accident Man was already a sequel, right? Mm-hmm. But I hear like you're slated for like superstardom from that thing. Well, we'll save it. But I don't know. I've been hearing some rumors, these Hollywood rumors going on about this powerful woman <laughs> and that crazy, that crazy role and that crazy Cantonese accent. I know. I know. Thank you. I was shocked. And I sorry yeah. to my Cantonese friends. It's like a little bit of that ABC Cantonese, um, you know, accent. Yeah, I don't even want to ask my, uh, well, because we'll have a Hong Kong guest coming very soon, a very powerful woman. So, yeah, I don't even want to ask her what she thinks about that accent. My Cantonese friends have told me that they were okay with it. Really? Yeah. So I've been approved. I've been approved. Good and friends. the casting director that put me up to this, he lives in Hong Kong. Oh, and okay. He was he was like, nice, nice job, nice job, nice job. And I was like, oh my God, <sighs> thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's not easy. Yeah, that is not easy. The accent on screen has to be more than it actually is, mm. if that makes any sense. So like, more subtle to find someone that actually has that specific accent that's strong enough but not in a way that it's i guess insulting (laughs) i don't know that's the thing about accents you know yeah so but it's kind of cool um because i feel like taiwanese people they have really good english and some of them you can only tell that they're not from the states like in certain words oh Mm. maybe she was born here yeah like and i feel like you'd have to go through like the older generation to find something that Hollywood might perceive as more accented, if that makes any sense. Because it's not necessarily authentic, right? It's just what looks good on the screen as well sometimes. Yeah. And I think like, I don't think having an accent on screen or portraying accented characters is necessarily a bad thing. It just depends on where they're really from. You know, if they're born that way and they prefer to speak English that way and that's just how they speak English. I mean, people would have an accent and that's just the way it is. Nice. Shout out to Lady Gaga, born that way. (laughs) (laughs) Respect to all those born that way. All right, here we go. So... Project that voice, girl, because we're we're about ready to get into this action. Yeah, we'll just talk about 
this crazy life of yours. Oh, dear. This insane life. I don't know how we're going to cover it all, but there's a lot of stuff similar to Roxanne Barcelo, you know? I hope it's interesting enough. I don't know, man. <laughs> if not, we'll just talk about changing diapers for about 30 minutes. Good. And fill good. the space. I'm very, I'm very good at talking about that stuff. I know you are an expert. Okay, here we go. So I will give you a little introduction and then we'll, we'll have some fun. All right, let's do it. All right. Action. Good afternoon. And welcome back to another episode of Firelight Chats, where we broadcast the most super, natural, and compelling voices and stories from our Space Lab studio here in Da'an, Taipei, Taiwan. Our special guest for today's episode is a Taiwanese-American, award-winning, action movie star, producer, stunt coordinator, martial artist, wife, mother, budding real estate mogul and entrepreneur. And when she's not kicking ass on the big screen or chasing her two kids around in real life trying to get them to wipe their, even runs her own podcast and vlog called Kung Fu Mama. At the age of five, she started training in Wushu, the Chinese term for martial arts, not to be confused with the bubble tea chain, but also known as Kung Fu. Her first coach was a teammate of Jet Li on the legendary Beijing Wushu team. And from that initial tutelage, she went on to become a five-time member of the U.S. national team, winning championships, attacking gracefully with a spear, and at one sharpened point ranking number five in the world, five, 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 jackpot coup de grace. Speaking of China, while I was working as one there, she was chosen and cast as one. The teacher, a DJI Wanda short film that launched a studio in Qingdao and did likewise for her career. She also studied at the acclaimed Central Academy of Drama in Beijing, trained at the now defunct Jackie Chan Stunt Team Training Center in nearby Tianjin, and as a descendant of Zhang Guofan, a Chinese politician, military leader, and prolific writer of the late Qing Dynasty. But far, far away in Virginia, she was born. And the keenest of listeners might recall, in the same hospital, in the same year, as our previous guest and fellow female superstar, Roxanne Barcelo, shout out, who she also calls a dear friend. Her husband is a bad mother, aka good father, in his own right, also with Filipino roots. So, shout out again to Manila and all the Pinoys and Pinais out there. In due time, we just might be lucky enough to hear from the director, daddy, husband as well. But for today, the spotlight falls on this breakout star that some tout as the next Michelle Yeoh. But yo, she already is who she is and she'll surely only become what she's already becoming, destined to be herself, a force to be reckoned with, a constellation in the making, Star Wars, lightsaber, cinematic fight scenes, Cantonese accents, and in this latest episode of Firelight Chats, Mocha, who is still chilling underneath the table here, and I will chat 
create, connect, and communicate by the fireside with the powerful Kung Fu Mama herself, the one and only Zhang Xueren, <laughs> aka Sarah Chang. What's up, what's up, girl? (laughs) How are you doing? What's up to Vince? Tuning in from the Philippines. Maybe he'll be back in Taiwan by the time he listens to this. But who knows? This man is everywhere. He is. He is everywhere. He also looks like an ex-con at the moment. So He looks like an ex-con. I hope he makes it through airport security. Oh, wow. (laughs) Preparing for another role. That's right. That's right. Is he acting? Yes, he is acting in a global Netflix series in the Philippines. And he really is very, very, very bad. Bad father, mother. Father. And it's very meaty, heavy role and very excited for him. Right. Because I know him as a director. Roxanne, our friend, mentioned him because she was in one of his films, also starring you as well. You Mm -hmm. were the star of that film. So um, he is an actor. He is also a director. Mm -hmm. He is a multi-talented man. Writer. Writer. Martial artist. Yes. Eight-time Muay Thai world champion. Oh, shh. Eight-time. That's better than the (laughs) 555. Really? Eight-time Muay Thai champion? Yes. Ooh, damn. Okay. I will be gentle today then with his wife. Otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. What is this role that he's playing in? You said it's a pretty meaty role. It's a, yeah, it's a very meaty role. Um, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to disclose, but he is one of the main bad guys in this role. And his character arc um, sort of collides with the main character's arc. And Mm. makes a big impact. Nice. Collisions, impact. That's always good. It is an action film. Yes, it's an action film. They're going to feature a lot of Filipino martial arts. It's going to be gritty. There's going to be horseback riding. There's going to be all sorts of crazy things, crazy weapons. And it's going to be very, very interesting. Okay. So this is a film, like a feature-length film, or is this a series? It's a series. It's a Netflix series. Vince will be in the majority of the episodes. Oh, very so cool. It's very exciting. Yes. So he's preparing. Okay. But as I mentioned, you are the star of the show. The spotlight <laughs> is on you right now. The fire <laughs> and the light is on you right now. So we will talk about you, ma'am. All right. I'm here. <laughs> you are here. What do you want to know? <laughs> exactly. The world wants to know this superstar in the making, the superstar already. You actually just got back. You are also a jet setter. In addition to all of those things that I mentioned before, you are recently in Thailand, one of my favorite countries, not to be confused with Taiwan. And also, so let's talk about Thailand first before we move to the other country. How was Thailand? Amazing. Thailand was absolutely amazing. I got a call from uh, Sam Hargrave, the director of the highest grossing film franchise on Netflix, Extraction. Extraction. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because now it's one and two starring Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. 
and he called me up for this action project. I got to meet some big stars, got to do some action, some fighting, some shooting, all sorts of cool things. And I don't think I'm really allowed to say much else about it. Right. <laughs> was Chris there? Chris, Chris Hemsworth. was not there. That beautiful man. Actually, one of my great friends there who I will see because I'll be going to Thailand pretty soon in a couple months at the end of this year. Uh, my great friend G, he's actually an old student of mine. His house in Bangkok is absolutely beautiful. And apparently they scouted his house and they wanted to use his house originally in I don't know which one, but... Um, because they have too many pictures of the king inside of their house, like huge portraits of oh. the late king, uh, mm -hmm. the great king, Bumibal. And I guess they didn't want to disrupt it, or maybe my student's mother didn't want them to take them down. So they're like, we can't use it. But the house is really, really beautiful. It has a nice pool outside, designed by G himself. Wow. Um, so yeah, he was telling me about that. That's very cool. So you can't tell us more. Um, what can you tell us? What can I tell Go you? Go as far to the edge as possible. <laughs> um, I don't think I really can tell you anymore, honestly. <laughs> and it's uh, it's just a very epic, cool project acting alongside some childhood idols and very famous people in the film and I guess now TV series space. It's just a lot of fun. I love watching Sam and his team work. Mm. They are the experts in action. They're the ones behind all those big Marvel movies. I met Sam on the set of Wolfware 2. Oh, that was and, your second project, right? Uh, After the teacher. I was on Wolfware 2 before the teacher. Oh, I see. Yeah, but yeah, it was very early on in my career. And I actually wore my Captain America shirt to get his attention because, you know, behind every Captain America, there is the stunt double, there's a stunt coordinator, and he had doubled some of those scenes. So in my eyes, he's actually the real Captain America. So mm. I had to get Captain America's attention. So at that audition, I wore my Captain America shirt. And from then on, I was named the Captain America girl during the shoot, which which I thought was just so hilarious. But it's funny, you know, what you do to uh, try to catch the attention of, you know, people. It worked. <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. Apparently. So you guys are filming, actually. Was that this latest trip? The latest trip was filming or no? It's more... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. latest trip. Yeah, yeah. We filmed, we filmed this, this new project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of an adjacent topic, but I hear rumors from people in the know, in the film industry that I know that Thailand is really popping right now, really happening. Do you get that sense in terms of film? Yeah, there's tons of films being filmed there. Mm. Tons. Um, very, very many international productions are there. Yep, even parts of Extraction were filmed there. A lot of other, even tar, like Oscar winning films and several big budget series, like Marvel series, really like from artistic to action. There's a lot of things being filmed in Thailand. It really mm. is, a, is, a, is a big place to get nice. international so, films. Yeah. How long were you there? I was there for just about two weeks. Okay. It wasn't a long, wasn't a long time. Yeah. And shooting has wrapped or are you going to have to go back again? It's wrapped. It's wrapped. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very nice. And then you came back to Taiwan. We're here for a little bit and then flew out again. That's right. Where did you go, ma'am? I went to Jeju Island. Jeju-do. I love Jeju-do. It's so beautiful there. Was that your first time? Yeah, to Jeju-do. Yeah, it was. Ooh, okay. So what did yeah. you think of Jeju-do, the island in the south close to Busan? 
I have been to Busan, but I've never been to Jeju-do. But yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I went there with my friend on a Riemann retreat. Mm, what is so, a Riemann retreat? So Riemann is uh, the number one K-beauty skincare slash hair slash body products slash detox and collagen. Like they have all sorts of products. Mm. And she had earned this trip. It's a Riemann retreat. Ooh. They call it a Riemann retreat. This was the first group of people to ever set foot into Riemann village, the newly built Riemann village. Whoa. So this company, they literally- Is that powerful? Is that powerful? And that good of a product, that, shout out. That good of a product and that powerful to build an entire village in, in Jeju-do. Wow. In the resort island of Korea, Jeju-do. Yeah. Whoa. So we lived, we were the first people to ever live in this resort village. That's crazy. And everybody, uh, not everybody, but most people earned their way there. I was a plus one. Yes. <laughs> That's always nice being so a plus one. I was like, one. oh, my girl hooked me up. <laughs> Go skincare. Yeah. Wow. It was the most incredible seven star experience ever. Mm. So I flew to Seoul or most of us flew to Seoul first. We visited the headquarters. Okay. Which is wonderful. We yeah. met at everybody. Do you know where in Seoul? It's uh, honestly, I have no idea because we went to just this the intercontinental. Oh, it's next to Coex. Oh, Coex. Yeah. yeah the Coex it's, Mall. It's next to Coex Mall. So okay. then we were staying the intercontinental and the headquarters just we literally walked there. So like just a block away. Mm. Yeah. We saw everyone, the team research and marketing, everything. They, of course, boosted us up. We got champagne. We got nice food. They gave us free um, products. We had like little goodie bags. And then the chairman gifted us with literally $200 of just spending cash. What? Like 200 US dollars. US dollars. Yeah. Of Whoa. spending cash. So we just, I literally did not spend a single penny. You went there as a plus one, went to a seven star resort and even got spending cash yeah. from the CEO. Yeah. What the? <laughs> it's, How it's, do I promote Riemann? I mean, it's, it's I have crazy. beautiful skin. It's because of Riemann. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, honestly, like these products, like they're out of this world because everybody there has literally porcelain skin. Even the, the CEO, the chairman, the people working there, everybody has porcelain skin. Everybody looks super young. I have no idea how old these people are. Mm. I mean, this guy is frozen been, in time. Yeah, been researching this for like 40 years. So he's got to be, you know, right. I, mean, I can't imagine he started when he was five, five years old, you know, <laughs> like, come on. So it's just um, insane. Absolutely oh. insane. And then every day there's like a free new gift. Like they even gave us like perfume. It's not on the market. Like nobody is even, there's no Riemann perfume. Oh, we got, dude. we got perfume. We got uh cute little backpacks because we were hiking around. Like they're so thoughtful. Everything is so thoughtful. We're hiking around Jeju-do. So the first day they give us a little backpack with a t-shirt, you know, like just ready for your hike tomorrow. And then the next day, maybe we had like a training session. So they would give us little notebooks and pens and all this stuff and it's very 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 thoughtful 
And hiking is a big thing in Jeju-do. Mm. Yeah, I went hiking and there's all this ajuma, ajushi, the uncles and aunties with their like long sleeve, uh, yes. sun protecting things. That's right. Their hats on, but That's they right. love hiking. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the air is so crisp, you know? Yeah. It was super nice. Seafood's really good if you're into seafood. Oh my God. We mm-hmm. had abalone, mm-hmm. we had lobsters, we had like, mm-hmm. it was it was like seafood buffet mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and unlimited like wine and champagne and steak, like dessert, like whatever you wanted. It was just like there. Like I literally ate from morning all the way to night. And at the end of the day, could barely walk back to our resort. It was like, it was that bad. (laughs) That bad and that good. And that good. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. It was incredible. Okay. So how many days in Seoul? And then you guys flew directly or did you like transit through Busan? They flew us. They flew us On the from Riemann Seoul jet. to to <laughs> to Jeju-do. Um, Shaped they, like they, a skincare bottle. They basically, yeah, they you know they bought all our tickets to go to Jeju-do, picked us up. Even when I got picked up from Seoul, I was sitting in like this super nice, high class, like VIP van, and my name, like when I came out of the airport, is like shining bright, like rainbow colors. I was like, that is my name. Wow. Are you here for me? <laughs> It's like better than being on a movie set. Yeah, it's very five star treatment, I have to say. I was like, geez, okay, gonna live with this. Mm." Oh my goodness. So, how many days in Jeju-do? We were only there for four days. Every day was completely packed with just hiking, hiking, seafood. What else? So, what about this resort itself? It's gorgeous. So the resort itself, there's little three bedroom sort of apartments, I guess. And so the downstairs floor is like this beautiful living room. And then, of course, they've got their detox, deep tox, which is basically a like a fiber probiotic kind of drink. Really works because I didn't gain any weight. <laughs> and I ate that. And yes, I ate so much. And then they have like collagen and they have like, you know, super nice like Jejudo. Oh God, Jejudo tea and coffee is so good mm. as well. And then they have like a beautiful, like very big walk-in kind of like bathroom. And then of course they have all their products, their body wash and the hair and like the hair oil and like mm. whatever you want. And you then- use it all. Um, They have a little balcony area. And then on top of that, they have a jacuzzi as well as a pool. And we went to go see the volcanic lava water, I guess, their research labs. And they actually use like volcanic water to make their products. And they use these like serums and these, the water instilled with these ingredients. And they literally poured it into the jacuzzi. So we literally bathed in like the fountain of youth. Volcanic jacuzzi fountain of youth. Exactly. Like, I'm not even joking. It was crazy. They like poured this like green stuff in the water and like, it was just like, whoa. whoa. And we all felt like babies when we got, it was just like, skin is so soft. It's unbelievable. Sucking on pacifiers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We all like aged backwards. Like literally I was was totally blown away. So are you the new Taiwan ambassador? It sounds like. I I definitely feel like I am. And I do it just from like the bottom of my heart because these products and what I've seen is like amazing because mm. I use them myself and just had a great experience, honestly. Oh my goodness. They are launching in Taiwan. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. Do they have a presence here? They're about to launch. 
Yeah, they're launching in Taiwan. There's going to be like a week long launch event, November 1st, 7th. And then they're like officially launching, I believe, like December 5th. I should get my dates right. I don't know. Yeah. But they're coming. They're coming, coming here. Coming they're coming soon. here. The fountain of youth is coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to Taiwan, you young thank lady. You. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> No wonder. No wonder. Now I understand. <laughs> now we all know the secret. Oh, no. Okay, wait. We got we to gotta turn back the tape. I don't want anyone to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Competition. So we started out by saying that you were actually born, even though you are back here in Taiwan, you have deep roots, not only in Taiwan, stretching all the way back into China as well. But you were born far, far away in Virginia with our buddy, Roxanne. That's right. That's right. Tell us My your soul side sister. of this. Exactly. Soul sister. Tell us your side of the story with this soul sister of yours. Well, we met on the set of Blood Hunters, which mm. was the first Filipino movie I have ever done. And I met Vince at the Jackie Chan Training Center. Oh. On the same day that I met Sam Hargrave. Oh. It's all full circle. Really? Wearing my Captain America shirt. Oh, that Captain America shirt time, you actually met your future husband. That's correct. Interesting. Oh, that Jackie the Chan Training thickens. Center. Very interesting. Several months later, a shout out to James Fung, who was doing a Jet Li documentary. We were filming that in Beijing and I needed a gym. So I called up Vince. Vince said he had to go to the Philippines to shoot a movie. And cheeky actress Sarah Chang says, uh -huh. well, if you need an actress that can fight, you know. here's my reel. Could be me. Yeah, and then you kicked him. Yes, of okay. course. And yeah. then uh, and then I strangled him and said, if you don't choose me, exactly. there might be a problem. Right, so he had to. Mm -hmm. No choice. Exactly, yeah. Smart choice, mm -hmm. Vincent. Okay. Right. So what, he called you from the Philippines or? Um, yeah, actually. So he showed the reel to the producers. They're looking for, you know, someone who's Filipina, uh, which is not me, mm. but they couldn't find anyone. And then finally he's like, well, this girl who's Chinese sent me her reel. You guys can check it out. And the producers love me. Mm. Thank you so much. And the cinematographer, Take Lane, shouting you guys out. Then Vince contacted me. He said, oh, they actually like your materials. And I had to you do a formal audition and then uh yeah i got it went to the philippines and somehow never left <laughs> you never left you eventually fell in love with this man yes or maybe it was quicker than eventually i don't know Yes, we just connected on a very, like, we're just on the same wavelength all the time. We just think the same way. And and when you don't, you can kick each other's ass. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. very, it's a very healthy relationship. Exactly. Beat each other up a little bit. Mm. And then, and then make up. Make up. Yeah. And keep Beat going in cycles. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's good. Circle of bones, you know. <laughs> oh, you like that? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Shut up. <laughs> And then you met Roxanne. Yes. Our uh, buddy, our soul sister. So what's funny is Roxanne's role is named Kali. Our daughter is also named Kali. Oh, hold on. Really? So did you name your daughter after Roxanne's role? Or how did Roxanne get that name Kali in that film? Well, we what's, didn't have a baby yeah. until much later. Okay. It wasn't that <laughs> didn't quick. Happen it there, wasn't that quick. Guys, okay. What you guys come on. No. <laughs> She's not that kind of girl, okay? 
Um, uh, yeah, so I think when we wanted to name our daughter, we wanted to start the name with the letter K because K I is like that. warrior. K is the best letter to start a name with. Oh, okay. Exactly. Uh-huh. Kane. No. Of course. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because you're a warrior too. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, K for warrior. So mm. we wanted to start with the K and then Kali is a Filipino martial arts and yeah. just happens to also be Roxanne's character. So it's just kind of cool. It's kind of a coincidence. It wasn't specifically oh, for that reason, but in the end we're like kind of realized, oh wait, yeah, Kali, Kali, Kali. We love that name. So. Huh. And then how did you guys come to this conversation about this realization of you actually being born in the same hospital in the same year back in Virginia? That actually happened like literally when we met because the first thing you asked them was like, oh, where are you from? You right. know, if you and have an American like, oh, the accent. States. Yeah. Oh, where right? in the States? Uh, Virginia. V Virginia. Yeah. And then I think it was something about where we went to high school. And then, you know, yeah, I lived in Fairfax County. I was even born at Fairfax Hospital, like something like that. And they're like, what? No, me too. <laughs> And then I don't know how this all came up. Maybe it was around Roxanne's birthday or something. So all of the birthdays came up. But my mom's birthday and her birthday are very close. Right. Her dad's birthday and my birthday are very close I in date know. as well. And it's just she extremely weird. And like we're just like some so cosmic alignment here. Confused. And then, mm. of course, my mom works for the World Bank. Her mom works oh, for the World Bank. Yeah. It was just... It was meant to be. Meant to be. Yeah, definitely. It was meant to be. How was growing up in Virginia for you? Um, and why? Why did you guys go out there from Taiwan? What is that story all about? So my dad went to University of Virginia, met my mom in New York while he was visiting friends. Yeah, I guess I just settled in Virginia where also my mom's sister uh, lives. And then you kind of grew up there for how long? Born and raised until, I guess, college. I went to University of Toronto. Oh, you bailed for the North. That's right. That's right. I it wanted wasn't to go. cold enough in Virginia. Yeah, I wanted to get out of Virginia, but I didn't want to go too far. <laughs> and right. then I also wouldn't mind going to a different country. Canada is a different country. Right. And yeah, I just want to get a different viewpoint. So I jumped the border and uh, yeah, I loved it. I love Toronto. How was Toronto? You spent the four years there or longer? <laughs> I spent I spent four plus years four plus. there. Okay. Uh, my excuse is that I took off some time to train wushu. Oh yes. In spicy Sichuan, China. Oh really? I feel like I have to speak like that now. Like this is like the tone. I gotta have the what you is it called? Alliterations? Is that what it's called? There you go, girl. Mm. Okay, we'll pull them out. <laughs> <laughs> So I was studying in the University of Toronto, material science degree. Ooh, interesting. And uh, also still training Wushu. I took off time to go and train and I loved living in Sichuan. I also became a spicy lover since then and I literally cannot not eat spicy food now. <laughs> oh, let's do yeah. that then. 
when we meet up with Roxanne. Let's go get some spicy food. Yes. Yeah. Can't wait. Oh, Can't let's wait. do it. Okay. Dope. That's a deal. So before we move to China, because there's a lot to talk about, I think you mentioned it. Let's go back to the origin of this Wushu story. We went to the 555. So <laughs> how did you start at such a young age? What was kind of the impetus for all of this? How did you get into this? So the story is my father loves wuxia movies and my coach, Zhang Guifeng, who mm. is Jet Li's teammate, was teaching at our Chinese school. We go to Chinese school on Sunday. Right. Chinese this is back in Virginia. Other, in Virginia. Yep. She was teaching wuxia there. And then I guess we somehow excelled and then later on uh, moved from just the Chinese school to like her actual school. And then we fighting just- school. <laughs> the fighting school. <laughs> well, the uh, U.S. Wushu Academy oh. uh, is what they call it. Still, still there, still there. Yeah, we just started training very regularly every day for two hours. And then we got to a certain level that we wanted to compete for the U.S. Wushu team. And we'd have to forego our weekends, basically. Saturdays, we train all day. And Sunday, we had to go to training school. Oh, wow. So You're getting a full training. Eat, sleep, Wushu was the phrase. And to my friends at school, sorry. I have wushu it was pretty much my <laughs> my childhood everyday refrain <laughs> yeah i pretty much didn't uh yeah i think i mostly did wushu form like you know wushu family of course as you do in the martial arts mm. which i love yeah it was so who's time. we did you do this with siblings Yes, my sister, my cousin, we all got into it. Yeah, I don't know why I always refer to me, but yeah, my sister and my cousin, mm. we all did it. And then I guess I just always feel like all of us in the Wushu team are like a unit. We always do everything together, you know? So mm. I always say we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were those days like, you know, as like a really young girl? I actually remember either reading or watching some video that you actually didn't really take to it in the beginning or didn't really want to. And your father kind of just pushed you into it in the beginning. Is that yeah. True? Yeah. So in the beginning, I mean, wushu is hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard. You got to be very flexible. You got to be strong. You got to do a lot of conditioning. And, you know, it's China style conditioning, meaning that you just do over and repetitions over. Exactly. of all sorts of body weight exercises, burpees for days, frog jumps for days, like these kind of, you know, nothing to do with weight lifting or kind of doing types of functional exercises exercises that people would think about now, which I right. think are extremely useful now. Right. But no back crossfit. in the day, it's all <laughs> repetition, repetition, doing these things hundreds of times, pull-ups, push-ups, like, you know, just the very traditional type of conditioning. Chinese training in the middle of Virginia. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm flexible now. Right. <laughs> um, I'm glad I started young. I'm flexible now. Yeah. You know, you have to go through a lot to get to a certain point where you kind of start Start enjoying it and that took uh, like five years for me oh wow and thankful to my parents for pushing on pushing, through pushing me through and i feel like that's for a lot of different sports and for everything for everything like there's always a learning curve and mm -hmm. once you get over that learning curve then you can really understand what this sport or this thing is actually about right for me that was when i learned spear yes the king of all weapons for wushu uh-oh <clears throat> Just uh -huh. shout out there, you know, like there's straight sword, there's broadsword, there's staff, and there's spear. And spear is like the king of all weapons, is mm. what they say. And also I feel like this just I felt like it was so beautiful, technical, and 
fluid. And so I really liked it. And from then on, I guess I started to develop a real passion for wushu. And I don't know if my parents really thought that that was going to happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, in the beginning, they're like, just do it, you know? Right. But then after that, they're like, oh, like, so you have to compete now and we have to take you all over the world. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is getting real. <laughs> this is real. Like, so the first worlds I attended was in Armenia. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, in Armenia. How old were places. you? Do you remember? That was in 2001, I believe. Two, wow. How old is I? 2001. Can All I right. disclose this? this? Is- I will disclose it. I think I'm 13 or 14. Okay, yeah, around 13 years old. Uh oh, the Taiwanese math skills are coming in. Yeah, Plus the American math skills. I have no, I have no math skills. <laughs> I don't plan on fixing this number problem. I'm in my teens. <laughs> okay, you are in your early teens, training like crazy up until this, but it starts to get real. You obviously show a lot of promise. And then what happened? Do you kind of get like recruited to the team? um, And that's why you end up being able to go to Armenia? So for the U.S., you try out every two years. There's like a U.S. team trials. And then you rank either the top four or five for the A team, which gets to go to the Worlds. Then if you rank top 10, you get to go to the Pan American Games. Okay. Yeah. I see. So which one was this in Armenia? It's the Worlds. It's the Worlds. Yeah. What was that like? Getting on the plane and going to a very distant place that not many people will ever get to go to in their lifetime. What were you thinking at that time? And what was that like to land there in Armenia? It's crazy, actually. It's a crazy experience. I was so young. also have not a great memory, but I do remember that there is this weird sinking feeling that it's actually a very war-torn place, honestly. Yeah. I don't even know how I had that feeling. It's just seeing, I don't know. I don't know what it was about that, but I had that feeling. It's just like the weight it, of that country. Yeah, it yeah. really is. There really is a weight. And it's funny that like everyone's normal. You know, it's broad daylight. They have beautiful monuments, this, this, and that. But just, there's just that weight there. Yeah. I actually, uh, (laughs) I just remember I got really sick. I got some sort of food poisoning, like fever. Like I was so sick. I remember that we had trained in Beijing Mm. for the summer before that or something. And I just remember like I was so sick that I saw like some of the Beijing team members pop their head into the uh, room to see if I'm okay. But I barely remember them popping in, like coming in and out. It's like a hallucination. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) These heads popping in and out. Uh, I remember I would tell everybody I got sick because um, we were doing compulsory form. Everyone does the same thing. Right. And the person who made the video that everybody learns from, Liu Qinghua, she was supposed to go right in front of me. So she's number three up. I'm number four up. You're following the person who makes the form. Yeah, the video. <laughs> basically. So I, I I was freaking out and no I don't know. I got super sick. I don't know. It was. I always say it was because of that, because I, <laughs> I thought it's just a funny joke. But I think I was just so intimidated. Yeah, I was just I think so, so intimidated and I was so sick. It was it was just such a weird weird experience and I remember it was quite an emotional trip and I don't know I don't remember exactly what happened but I remember one of my teammates longtime teammates said that he was ready to quit wushu after this competition and I I remember that was quite an emotional thing because we'd grown up training together right yeah. Now I'm like thinking back to like how that experience really was. And yeah, I feel like Wushu for me was something like family, really. 
Oh wow! So this really? form is just a wushu form. It's not. It's not the spear. Yeah. So there's two parts of wushu. One is called taolu. Taolu is forms. Okay. And under forms, you do bare hand, which is tangquan,、mm. and then you do straight sword, which is jian, or you do broadsword, which is dao, and then there's staff guan, and then there's spear, which is chang. Yeah. Chung, okay. Yeah. So、um, you usually pick one short weapon and one long weapon, and then everyone has to do bare hand. Oh wow. Yeah. So, so what's your short weapon?、Uh, straight sword. Straight sword.、Yeah. Okay. But you especially excel at the the king of weapons king. since you are the queen. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love spear,、uh, straight sword I like as well, but I'll tell you to be honest,、um, straight sword I like it as well, but also because it's like so much easier to、uh, like just pick up and like you know practice for a little while. Whereas like when you want to do like spear, you got to be like you got to have a lot of energy, you know, you got to like lug that thing around and like、up. yeah, kind of. Do、kind、some、of. pre-workouts. Exactly. Get your muscles pumping. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That sounds like the like, laziest wushu thing to say, but、uh, <laughs> sometimes I would just pick up my chaser and like that'd be like my training. You know what I mean? Right. But, but for spear, I feel like I gotta like get into it. I、like, gotta prep. Gotta get ready and like let's go. The spear, like the move of the day, figure eight spear with Sarah Chang. <laughs> you can find on YouTube. She is on the roof teaching you all how to do the spear. <laughs> What roof is this? Is this?、Uh, this is where I live. In, oh, it is in、uh, Shingbeitou. Okay, this、yeah. is the this is what the roof looks like. This is what the roof looks like. Because the- I keep hearing roosters, so I I thought it's the Philippines actually. <gasps> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So the owner <laughs> he has a pet rooster. Yeah, I thought that's Shingbeitou, but then I was like, why are there so many roosters here? <laughs> Just one, just one. Okay. Just just my buddy.、Roo. Right. I see. Yes.、Hmm. Um, so yeah, guys, do your figure eights. Send them to me. Yeah, it looks vicious. I was watching that before. I was like, "Woo!" How long does it take to do that? I think you could. I think anyone can learn a, a good figure eight. Okay. Easily. What other moves are there on top of the figure eight? For spear, there's this part that's lanaza.、Hmm. So you like kind of man, how do you say it in English? You kind of like carry the spear up, okay, then、like、roll it, it forward, roll it down, roll it down, and then you thrust. Okay, that's like the basic spear movement. I see, like on the battlefield yeah. with an enemy in front of you.、Uh, yeah, I don't know if you would be doing the first two moves. You'd probably just, just thrust, thrust right away. Keep thrusting. <laughs> But in the forms, there's always a lana,、uh, specific, and then、yeah. like a certain way to do it. I see.、Yeah. Going back to your early years, like you know, from five on, and you said it took about five years to really kind of get the hang of it and、mm-hmm. really realize your skills. What were the most difficult parts during that time? I think I struggled a lot with the stretching.、Mm, yeah, you mentioned the flexibility、um, in the beginning. I think it was mostly because you have to have your toe touch your forehead. That was like the number one thing,、oh, and、wow. I feel like I couldn't get it four days out of seven in a week. You know, it's just、mm. like I just can't. I'd always have like an inch or two away, and like I could see other people they could do it, and I always think like maybe I just got longer legs, man. Right. <laughs> 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 But it's like mandatory. You got to get your head to your toe. That's like the number one thing. Oh, I was struggling. And this、that. is like in front of you, standing up. Yeah, so you're. You can go against a wall, maybe. Yeah, you can go against a wall, but your leg has to be straight. Right. Yeah, so your leg、oh, has to be、dude. straight. Like,、oh, leg has to be straight. Oh, don't even this, do that right now.、There. I'll faint. 
This head, yeah. And you can still do that pretty easily. No, honestly, I don't <laughs> think I could do head to toe right now. It would take a, I probably could get it in like a day or two, like if I do some really hardcore stretching. Oh, but, wow. But I think I always struggle with that. Yeah. And second thing, now that I'm thinking about it, in yeah. the beginning, I really struggled with remembering my forms oh. and I would cry about it. I now remember that. <laughs> mm. Because I actually have a really bad memory to begin with. And I even struggled with it then. And that was one thing that I would get yelled at a lot about huh. not remembering my forms. So as you mentioned, the kind of Chinese method is just drill it into you, right? Repetition, repetition. Mm -hmm. But is there some other way to kind of remember them? And after you do, you know, repeat it enough times and get the form down, does it kind of come second nature and you don't forget it anymore? Or you have to like constantly kind of practice it and remember it? Um, I think, yeah, you need to repeat it until you get to that point right. and i think so it's, it's muscle memory only until you get to like your wushu level gets to the point of muscle memory is when you really can kind of be free with it takes a lot of work <sighs> yeah okay so that was your first one is armenia mm -hmm. what were your other world championships where were they macau vietnam beijing toronto Ooh, interesting okay in that order I believe so, yeah. Okay. So what about Macau? Do you remember that? What is your best memory or worst memory from Macau World Championships? What do you remember from that time with your bad memory? Um, It's a very random memory. Um, So I used to, when I went to Beijing when I was very young, I trained with a lady named Han Jing. She's very famous in the Wushu world. She's beautiful sword form. Mm. I think she joined the Macau team by then. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a very random memory. But in that respect, it's very cool to see, you know, these athletes that you almost idolize because in the States, we're always watching like Beijing team videos and watching other people perform and being able to actually compete with them is such a big thing. And um, we always had to exchange our little like USA pins for the Macau pin or the Hong Kong pin oh. or the whatever, Russia. That's um, like the soccer jerseys exchanging them after the game but you would exchange your pins exactly yeah how was macau itself egg tarts Ooh, <laughs> nice portuguese egg tarts that's, right. that's a good memory yeah. those are the best yeah that was 100%. good yeah too young to gamble yeah, too young to gamble mm. um i remember we had very nice like memorabilia from the tournament very cute okay um, nothing really I feel that's worth mentioning, actually. <laughs> now that you keep asking me, like, it's like there's nothing was so cool about was Macau. Macau. Yeah. No, nothing. Now, things that are coming to my memory are not worth mentioning. I, think. I see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So, what was the next one? Vietnam. Oh, Vietnam. Nice. Where in Vietnam? We were in Hanoi. It was great to be a US wushu team wearing our very nice giant. Fluffy, loud snowmen, USA jackets, jackets. and uniforms. Um, they hated us. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a very interesting experience. It was oh. really stupid for any of us to walk around in our US team jackets. Yeah, walking um, around Hanoi. Uh, we were turned away from stores. We couldn't buy anything. We just, you know, it was like very stupid for us to do that. Wow, um, really? Yeah. Um, we were not really welcome to the point where we, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. We almost missed our training session. So before a competition, you're allowed to touch the floor. Uh, in other words, you have a one hour training session on the Wushu carpet. Okay. 
that you will be competing on. Yeah, the sacred carpet. Every team gets to do that. Gets to touch it. We had a, like a 30 minute delay on our session because the guards would not let us in. Oh, it was that bad. That's impressive. They were yeah. sabotaging you guys. They did. Not even allowing you to touch the carpet. Yeah, it was very, very crazy. Oh, impressive. Revenge. And yeah, it was a crazy experience. A lot of things went wrong and I feel so bad. One of my teammates was not registered properly for the tournament. He'd flown all the way over there and couldn't compete. No. Wow. It's terrible. I mean, oh, that's, oh, that still like makes me really mad. I don't know what happened, but it was um just such a weird, <laughs> weird experience. But that being said, besides that stuff, of course, always seeing those people from all around the world coming together, the Wushu family and everything was great. Vietnam, I believe, Kung Lee was our U.S. Ooh. team, um, San, Sanda. Sanda, yeah. Sanda coach. So, sorry, I forgot to mention, Taolu is one side, the other side is Senda. Okay. The, the, the fighting combat, part of yeah. combat of Wushu. And Kung Lee was our um, US team coach for that year. Legend. Yeah. Also fought in the UFC for a short time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, so, very, very cool. cool. It was very cool to, um, yeah, to meet him. Okay. His team. That's amazing. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. The next one was in China. Uh, yes. I believe the next one was in China, Beijing. Wow. Everyone was vying to go to the Beijing Olympics because in 2008, they had an exhibition wushu competition, not part of the Olympics, but at the Olympics, as weird as that sounds. It's not an Olympic meddling competition. Okay. It's just the Beijing wushu tournament at the Olympics. But you do it at the Olympics, during the Olympics? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So this is when I took off time to try to get on the team. I went to Beijing 2008 Worlds to qualify. I didn't qualify. I made a mistake. I took one extra step. It's the bait of my existence. I took one extra step in my uh, straight surf form. Oh. Um, and yeah, sucks, man. <laughs> oh, no way. But then one year later when this competition actually happens, my best friend's wedding happened on the same day. So it wasn't meant to be, man. I was supposed to go to the oh, wedding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so good so way to look at it nice. it's, it's just funny uh yeah how things work out in the end but yeah i remember i was quite devastated because i had trained so hard for that and it was just that like one step and i was just like oh, oh dude also when i had my my highest ranking as well that's when you had your highest ranking yeah so spear i got fifth and then straight sword i had you know gotten like ninth or something like that and so i i didn't qualify oh because no i took that extra step in straight sword yeah when did this extra step happen? Do you remember this? Is this like seared in your memory? Yeah. So by that time, this is actually a very technical and confusing conversation for the audience. But huh, let's us. just say it's kind of like ice skating, wushu forms. Okay. You turn like did 540 like degrees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did like a double axle. Right. But at this point in weapons, like straight, so you don't need to do any double axles. Okay. And so I still but decided to do axle. one oh. and then I didn't need to actually land it. So I, I actually even had like my landing was not like a formal landing, but it was just that I wanted to do the double axle to show it. And I should have like a landing that was similar to what you should be landing as, but, you know, it doesn't have to be. Oh. And that's the place where I messed up. Oh, wow. And it was just so, yeah, it was just so annoying because I didn't have to do it, but I'm always like, I'm going to do it anyways. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to yeah. ask you. So what was that moment like? Did you realize it happened afterwards and you're like, oh, damn, it, I just did that? Or no, it's really like you wanted to just show off your double axle at that time. Um. Yeah, I just wanted to, sh I just wanted to show it off. <laughs> I just, I just thought like. 
I love it. That's I why you are now an action movie star, girl. That's right. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Consistency they couldn't you. wasn't always my thing. Honestly, for Wushu, I always like to make my forms very interesting and exciting and like do like crazy things. And so I wanted to make mine like the most unique. I always wanted to be the most unique form out there because at that time it wasn't compulsory anymore. You can choreograph your form. Oh, I see. So mm, yeah, that's what the it forms is. are limiting. You're just too creative. You're too much to handle. <laughs> that's right. That's for the right. martial arts world. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Me and my, uh, and also at that time we could wear like really extravagant uniforms. Oh, no I way. I had like the weirdest anti-symmetrical cutout uniform with like all this glitter on it. It was like. Oh, are you serious? It was fun. You know. Halloween's coming up. Did you win best costume? No, well, see, I mean, I've got two kids now, so I am going to go. Oh, go as, you're going all out. Um, Like a blown up shark, I think. Like literally, I'm going to get like, like a, a blown up baby shark. Yeah. Are yes. you really? That is the plan. You're going to go up as a blown up shark. What about your kids? Blown up unicorn and fairies. Unicorns, fairies and sharks. Yes. It's a weird uh, school of animals. I, I think, uh, well, I got this Watch shark out, everyone. costume a while back and I and you just want to use it. It's time, time to use, use it. it. So shark it is. All right. There it goes. So what is the last one? There's one remaining. Uh, yeah. Toronto, which is kind of interesting because I had just graduated. Mm. Finally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> finally happened. Right. I graduated and then I had to return literally like five months after to do this competition, which is hilarious. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, which is great because I trained with a really cool team in Toronto. And yeah, it was nice to go back anyways, even though I didn't train there for that competition. Oh, okay. Was that the end of your like martial arts career per se? I mean, you know, really kind of training martial arts. Oh, after that, my last competition, I qualified for the Busan back to Korea. Oh, sport, that's when you went to Busan. Yeah, sport combat games. And that was my last competition. I speared myself in the leg and oh, got four stitches. No, you didn't. It was really funny. I had such high adrenaline. I competed with like a big hole in my, right above my knee. And then <laughs> they carted me to the, the hospital, Korean hospital. And I swear the doctor was hitting on me. No yeah, way. While he was stitching like, me up. I was exactly. Like, like you got a nice hole in your leg. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I can put some Riemann on that. Fix yeah, it up. No, actually I'm serious. Yo, I got to come back on in a couple months. They told me they can fix it. I was like, nah, man, you guys are crazy. <laughs> And if it happens, like, dude, I'm coming back on the show and telling you about exactly. it. Exactly. You are an ambassador for life then. Yeah. I actually have a four stitch and I also have a 20 stitch on my knee. So if that can get fixed, I would be like, I have no idea. This company is like. Yeah. What the hell? It's a cult. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Okay. So the four stitches was from the, the spear in this tournament. What about this 20 something stitches? You know, like stunts. Fall, mm. falling and so uh, movie world just like a nice apple peel oh it's not even a banana peel an it, was, apple it, peel. it was like an apple peel <laughs> you um, are very creative yes banana's like too boring for you yes the <laughs> yes the story is also creative um and that's that's all i have to say about the 20 stitches i see okay so looking back on your martial arts career what are your kind of best memories biggest takeaways from this past life of yours before we move on to the action side of things? I think for those beginning or thinking about getting into a martial arts journey, I think just 
focus, get through it, the beginning, like get through that learning curve and you'll find there's so much more to it than you understand. It's like, it's just like the whole karate kid thing, like wax those windows. And wax all the, on, wax off. Like just do it. Miyagi-san. Just do the sweeping and the waxing, like get it all done. And once you get past that, it's, it's amazing. Be like Daniel-san. Yeah. Listen to Miyagi-san. That's right. Let's do it. I hope you have a good Miyagi-san though. You got to check out your Miyagi-sans though. That's, that's another second thing. Yeah. That's so true. Mm. So who's the worst coach you've ever had? Oh. <laughs> All, all the coaches that I had are great. I'm mm. uh, going to shout them out. Zhang Weifeng was my first. Then Lu Xiaoling. And then Alan Tang in Canada. Several coaches in China. In Shanghai, Liu Tongwei. And then mm. in Nanjing, Zhang Laoshi. <laughs> He's the one that did the straight surf. He's the one that made the straight surf form. Oh, like so, the, dude, that's crazy. The one. Like my dad, incredible man. And he actually found out who these people are and found them, brought me them to them. Yeah. And said, train my daughter. Exactly. No, yeah, I'm so serious. Right? Yeah, it's very amazing. And also in Sichuan, Kang Laoshi. <laughs> now I'm like, it's kind of been a long time. <laughs> like have this like butchering of the teachers that I've known. <laughs> the great teachers carved into the mountains of China. Yeah. Anyways. Shout out to all the great teachers out there. Yeah. Shout that out to all the, the great teachers. Like yeah. Mushu teachers. They are very all important. Moved me, changed my life and are very dear to me. Okay, nice. So I guess it's really a transition from there, as we mentioned, into China. But going back a little bit to what we talked about is Sichuan. You said you trained actually in, in spicy land of China. Yes. Yeah. What was that like? When was this? So that was in 2007. Okay. Uh, I trained there with my friend from the Netherlands, Ling Oi. A Dutch fighter. Yeah. She's, she's so cool. She does a Southern style. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it was great. The thing about the Sichuan team is I feel like they put a lot of emotion somehow or like some fluid movements into their forms. And so I just thought their forms were just so beautiful. That's just my takeaway from training in Sichuan. I just love their style. It's more beautiful, fluid. Beautiful, fluid, yeah. Yeah, and what about Sichuan? It's like a really big bucket list thing for me. When I was living in China, I went to a lot of great places, but Sichuan was one I really, really wanted to go to. Not only for the food. I mean, I love spicy food as well, but, you know, the food's a, a great draw. So, mm -hmm. yeah, what was that experience like living there? So every time I trained in China, I trained in a university or in the actual province team. So mm. I trained with the Sichuan province team. And they train in this like, I'm not sure if it's a sports university, but it's a sports institution or something. Okay. And it's just like living in a dorm room. It's just very the same conditions that you live in, like in China, like yeah. dorm room. You guys share like, a, you know, the bathrooms and the showers. And then you guys all go to the cafeteria with those metal cafeteria plates and you get your food, your right. rabbit's head, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, and you have like a, in the morning you wake up, it's spicy wontons, like everything's red. So right in the, from the get-go, like 6 a.m. you're eating like red, hot, spicy. I have no idea anything. It was, I mean, it was an experience. I don't mind because I'm totally used to it from doing that in Beijing. Mm. I don't know what it's like now. I, I mean, maybe they're, they have like souped up dorms with real internet and, you know, like private bathrooms and, you know, normal things like that. But like when I was there, you know, it's like 
prison. Just, you just prison with the uh, the metal plates. Yeah, I wouldn't really feel that way. It's just felt like I was going back to school or something. Like not, uh, I mean, not like I lived like that in Toronto or whatever. <laughs> but just in some ways, it was so familiar because I I had been doing that since high school. Mm. You know, you go to Beijing. You know, when it was still like dirt roads where I was staying, and you know, you guys That's all crazy. the communal bathroom, and you guys have the cafeteria plates, and the, your room is literally just a dorm, like a little bed and a closet. That's it. Kind of used to that experience, but I don't know if. Other people, they want to go train there at this point, what they would, how they would mm. find that. But I'm down with it. I'm not high maintenance. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was nice. Like, I like bonding with the kids there, the other teammates and things like that. I guess technology was not that great. I remember having like this China tiny little like video camera. We took these videos that you probably could barely watch right now um, in terms of resolution. I feel like that was still the peak of my wushu career because I really focused. I mean, I, I didn't go to school then. I, I just focused on that and I trained for, you know, a good two, three months doing that. Whereas before, just I go there for a summer and maybe the max would be, you know, one month and I mm. go back home. Mm-hmm. But there, you know, at least I got to spend more time. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot. At a place like that, how many of the students are non-Chinese? Like you mentioned your Dutch friend, but were there others or it was like predominantly Chinese? Yeah, predominantly Chinese. Like mm-hmm. everybody who was, I think they have an ABC ranking as well. In China, everybody was in that team and they're either in whatever ranking they were in the, the scheme of things, I guess. I see. Yeah, it was just really cool to, uh, it's just one of those things. It's like osmosis, you know, like you train with the the best, you kind of become the best in that. Yeah, you have to, you're kind of like stepping on the shoulders of giants, right? So to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned, and we can't let that slip by, but rabbit head. Uh, I had a good friend from Sichuan and he was talking about, yeah, literally picking up on the side of the streets. There's all these stalls and it was a very common snack to have, you know, little animal heads, spicy. Yeah, no, that's common. Um, Mm -hmm. It was in the cafeteria every other day. They had some rabbit head and I was just like, I don't think I ever tried it, to be honest. Oh, is that freaky? It's the skull. It's skull cut in half. It's what it looks like. Skull cut in half. Yeah, yeah. It's not even um, like it's not. I mean, you know, it's China. So you see what you get. Yeah, true. You know, we don't do fillets and all that stuff (laughs) they do in America, you know. You just chop it with a big knife. It's literally a skull cut in half. Cut in half means like right down the middle. Right down the middle, yeah. Left and right, just pop open. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get the left, sometimes you get the right. Yes. Oh, really? That's that's the dish. The meaty part is the brain. Um, You didn't try it, but... I I, I think I saw it so many times, but I did not try it. Yes, I think you're supposed to eat the brain. I guess it's a good nourishment for young, young future champions. But that's right. You didn't partake. No. Good for you. No, I did not. (laughs) Even when we went to this like super nice, I don't know, someone took us out super nice restaurant and blah, blah, blah. You know, they come up with the lazy Susan and all the delicate seas and I'll just moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, nice. So transitioning to the action world, how did this happen? So my friend Rose was here in Taipei. Okay. Shout out to Rose in Taipei. She actually uh, had a little concert and I met her friend Michael. Michael is an action director and he happened to be action directing a a music video. And he asked me to come along. It was for five girls. So he was like, I could use a girl. And of course, uh, Rose introduces me as this like, wushu champion or something, you know. Mm. Gave me some hype. Thank you. And then, uh, yeah, I did that. Loved it. And then he introduced me to uh, Jimmy Hung, who's also here in Taipei. Oh, shout out to Jimmy Hung. 
He's got an action team here. Mm-hmm. Also happens to be the son of Sammo Hung. Mm, Sammo, the legendary Sammo. Yes. You know, just that guy, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in passing. <laughs> uh, wow. But yeah, I learned everything in terms of action, stunt coordinating and all those things from him. And also uh, Eddie Tai, who's now in L.A., also mm. was basically my right hand man when I went there to do um, stunt coordinating. And so I owe all my action expertise to these guys. Wow. So it's from a music video. This is how it all started. Being an yeah. extra or no, it was actually a kind of I a big just, role or? I would No, I was actually helping with the like coordinating of the action. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So you're even behind the scenes. Yeah. But meeting all these pretty legendary people. Exactly. And then you got your first little foray, your first little itch into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then what about your first role then? You know, like kind of getting into it on a more serious level. So I did action, you know, some stunts and things like that for a little while. And then finally I got into acting. Mm. I started taking classes with Tin Jiaxue. She's also here. Uh, shout out again. And I uh, did a short film with, you also know, Lara, Liang Xingyi, and Esther. They directed this 48-hour project called Who Killed Joanna Wang? Huh. Wang Rolling, which maybe a couple of you guys know as well. <laughs> and who killed her? May have been me. It might have been you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you violent woman, you. Of course. <laughs> Might have been me. Stabbing yourself and killing Joanna. Ah, uh, you know. You know. Hazards of the job. Exactly. That's actually one of Roxanne's line in uh, Bloodhunters. And every time I say it, I just think it's so funny. Ugh. Hazards, Hazards of, the, of job. the job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, good times. That was my first little short film. The acting classes were here in Taiwan or back in the States? In Taiwan. And then I wanted to take it up a notch. And so I went to Central Academy of Drama in Beijing. Mm, nice. Yes. Yeah, so what about that experience? That's a pretty legendary school in obviously a legendary city of Beijing. Home also, as we mentioned from the outset of the Beijing Wushu team. So what year was this? That's a good question. <laughs> 2015, I think. Ish. Okay. Ish. I think that I got in because of my wushu skills. It was shocking because in the audition, the speech teachers like stopped me after I said my name and was like, where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) Even your own name. I know, man. (laughs) He's like, you, uh, you know, like we usually don't take any gang tai ao. You know, Gang Tai Ao is in China is a no go just because of our coing. So, wow, really? That's be- amazing. Because Central Academy Drama, they care so much about the way you say every word. And in Taiwan, you don't say the words fully. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, you know, like, oh, Zheng Hao. It's like, Zheng <laughs> Hao. <laughs> <You know>? Sure. <laughs> It's like, you're not saying it right. You know, like we're not saying all the words right. We're not finishing our words. So when I was there, I had to talk differently. I had to pretty much had to act every day because I had to pretend that my Chinese was hardcore Beijing. Way better than I thought in my head. So it was, it was quite a challenge, but yeah, I definitely learned a lot. They do split up like all the different classes. Like you, you do the speech, uh, then you do like the singing part, you do the body language part, then you do the drama part. Like they're all separated. And then you literally spend all day, like maybe doing one certain sound or syllable or like, you know, like you have to drill all the different sounds. Okay. So that's, that's your biggest takeaway from there. (laughs) Oh, that's my biggest takeaway. 
Oh, biggest takeaway. Yeah. No, I'm just wondering. I mean, definitely sounds like that's a important part of the training. What else about that experience? To me, that experience honestly made me feel like Chinese actors um, that are trained in the system have a certain understanding about how to do drama and how to do scenes. Okay. And it's very specific to that and to Chinese acting, I feel. And it's, right. I feel it's quite different than Western acting. That would be my biggest takeaway, I think. Different worlds. Yes. That's how that's how everything works there. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. The training is very regimented and very SOP, mm-hmm. following a specific you know kind of agenda. Even like the timing, the accent of the words. Oh, like literally. And wow. where you pause. Oh. <laughs> No, I mean, dude, this is this is a whole nother. Now I can only say it in Chinese. Like it's right. really uh, it's, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. It's so much to learn. Um, and I think that that is the entire system in itself. But it has to be in Chinese. Like yeah, you, it, it, like, of course. Like it's I almost feel like it doesn't translate the things that I learned. A lot of them don't translate to Western acting. Mm. Like it would have to be the way I say something in Chinese. Exactly. And the way the words come out and the way even your mouth is shaped. Right. It's not shaped the same when I'm talking now. <laughs> yeah. So is there like a poem or something like that that they kind of have you repeat or something like this yeah that you could do right now for us in your hardcore central beijing academy beijing huar oh shit on the spot (laughs) exactly on the spot i want to hear some traditional chinese oh my gosh honestly i feel like i've lost that (laughs) accent over the eight years it's been (laughs) right it's been eight years but uh, yeah, there is a poem I knew it. that tells you, you know what it is, right? Have you heard it? Or are you just, no, you're no, just no, actually no. guessing? Cause I'm now just guessing, yeah. I'm a little actually. bit embarrassed, but I feel like I forgot it. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm just yeah. guessing. But it tells you about the different, just how to pronounce everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I, I mean, can I just say Come the on, first phrase? It, I think it's just 学好声韵,变四声,阴阳上去要分。that's been so long i I don't know man i had to like do that over and over again but now like i tell you man my memory is so bad i can't remember what it was but just like like they don't do right yes but like they would tell you how to say like okay like and all it would tell you how to say so when you're doing Something like jinsa, and then you like, okay. like yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. Do the- it, it would tell you basically it denotes how to actually say every word, right? So you say, you know, obviously first it's just an intro, mm. but then when you go to the next one, shuang chen, shuang chen is like uh, your lips, right? Okay, shuang chen. Oh. And then something, something, now freaking hell, I forgot. And then like, basically it'll tell you, okay, when you put your lips together, then you're saying, you know, like whatever, or if you say like, like if your teeth are uh, lined up together, then you're going to be saying or whatever, you know, like that is the, it's so funny. I totally forgot the the whole thing, but it starts with four. Oh. And like, you know, it continues to tell you and denote all of that wonderful things that you should all learn. Wow. Yeah. I feel like very sorry to my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Lao Sherman. 
呃，不好意思，不好意思，不好意思。呃、uh, ，in my Taiwan accent， 哦、oh, ，不好意思，不好意思。Yeah， 拍摄拍摄。Also, yeah. I mean, I've been in Taiwan for so long now. I've been back to Beijing, and also like Vince, we just speak English. So it's also like I haven't been speaking、um, as much Chinese. Even Chinese, yeah. Like, even Taiwanese. Even even while I'm like here, it's、right. like. Oh Jesus! Something you gotta, you know, keep practicing. Honestly, yeah. I'm gonna get back to it, Kay. Next time you see me, I'll be like、hey, ratting it out. You'll be like,、exactly. God, can you shut up? Doing like <laughs> Tang Dynasty poetry. <laughs> <laughs> When we're hanging out with Roxanne, Roxanne and I will just be looking at you like, there she goes again. Crazy. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so what about the Jackie Chan stunt? Team studio or something like this in Tianjin that no longer exists, but it sounds like it was a pretty crazy thing. And Jackie Chan obviously is a pretty crazy dude. What was that like? What was this stunt studio? And was this、It's、directly、huge. after the Central Academy? Yeah, that was a couple months after that. It's a huge place. They、mm. do a lot of their choreography and previs there. You know, I went there for the audition for Wolf War Two, and then went back just to train when I had the time. It's quite far. You got to get like a whole van and like it's it's a whole thing to get there. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have to approve. And then、uh, later on in the Philippines, that I was asked to make a stunt team,、uh, we went back to the Jackie Chan Training Center, Vince and I, to get、uh, more training. You have to know what you're doing to fly people around the world. Yeah, exactly. So, what exactly were you training? Because so this wasn't martial arts. This was more on the stunt side, the production side. Can you explain about that? Yeah. So we had a rigging team in the Philippines,、mm. or we were going to start a rigging team in the Philippines. So we needed to have you know the proper training for that. I had already learned a lot from Jimmy and Eddie in Taiwan, but obviously I also need to have more training. And Eddie actually came down to Philippines to help me. Thank goodness for him. He's、oh, amazing.、Wow. That's cool.、Uh, so yeah, he came down to help me train my team, and then Vince and I went to the Jackie Chan Training Center to get extra training on how to rig properly and safely. Yeah, we just went there day in and out. They just trained us on all the different types of rigs, troubleshooting, you know, what to observe and how to do everything. Mm. It was amazing. We were super, super, super lucky that Vince is really good friends with Hajun, who pretty much runs the center.、Mm. And so he gave us pretty much carte blanche with the team, and like we had like a team of like ten helping us and teaching us how to do all these things. Absolutely amazing. And Hajun, thank you so much for that.、Oh. Um, because without that, you know, really in depth training, you know, you really can't start your own stunt rigging team just you know like that. You know, right, willy nilly. So we just wanted to make sure we did it right,、mm. and also starting this stunt team to back it up a little bit was complete surprise. I literally just uttered on Blood Hunters that, "Oh, I think the rigging is a little bit unsafe." Oh, and the producer who owns like an equipment company there, he said, "Oh, like what would you need to make a safe rigging environment?" And I told him a couple of things. He literally got those things and said, "Oh, let's start a stunt team." Like it was just like, huh? <laughs> oh. Like I'm there as an actress, so this is just like a shock to me at the time, and、uh, basically was like, "You better do this," and I was like, "I better do this. We're doing this. This is happening. Oh my god, what do we do?、Oh, I call up Hutchin. I don't know what we're doing. I、oh, call up Eddie. I don't know what we're doing. Okay, let's do it. Okay, you know, it was like it was just like wow, fly、yeah. by the pants, just immediately. You just was, have to go, yeah, figure it out. 
Yeah. And I'm glad we did. It was a crazy experience. Um, I learned a lot and Mm. I'm still learning. And it's definitely something that you really have to keep learning and keep um, making sure that you know how to do everything safely. And also, like, I actually very much like the analytical aspect of rigging and, oh. like, having to solve this puzzle of, like, oh, Kane, okay, like, how would I throw you? Mm over to Mocha. Right. Across the room. Across the room um, safely in this office. Right. Like, what do I need to do to set up a safe rig for you to go there? That's crazy. It's a puzzle every time and it's very interesting and you got to do it the right way. You can't just put something together because someone will get hurt. Yeah, exactly. So um, we just had to, you know, go through a lot of training and get a lot of help to make sure that we did it right. And yeah, that's what Mm. we did. So I know you've actually done work on that as well on some films, maybe even a Filipino film you were. So we did five movies in the Mm. Philippines that year. There's also one like Ganda Rapido or something like this, the Revengers Squad. Yeah. So that is basically the, the gay version of Avengers. The gay Avengers. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. The gay Filipino Avengers. Yes. Right. And you were the stunt coordinator. What kind of stunts were they having on the gay Avengers? Just flying people around. Like everybody was a different superhero. One of them happened to be Miss Universe, Pia Warchbach. Oh, okay. Uh, one of them was Daniel Padilla. And the other one was uh, Vice Gunda, who was very, very famous for his, her movies. Okay. Her movies. Big star in the Philippines. And she's huge in size. So it was, mm. it, she's super tall super big so it was really interesting that we had to fly her around the room it was a whole nother thing because like it's also you need to calculate the weights and calculate the you know angles and all that stuff the counterweights everything yes it was a really cool experience they wanted us to do a lot of really like because the philippines at the time i think is still kind of new to like certain types of rigging so it's not like just because you have a rig you can do whatever you want Mm. you know it's not like okay like we're gonna rig this so let's just fly around the world and then fly over under and like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen that way so like to achieve some of the things um which it was quite a challenge just because the nature of not knowing what can and cannot be done Mm. and just I remember at that time I was asking for help from, you know, my friends at Jackie Chan or Eddie. I was like, oh, like if they want to do this, can we do this? And then like they'd be like, no, you can't do that because that's that's not right. That's, that's not how you do it. <laughs> like like you can't do that on a right. rig. Like You actually can't do that. You just can't do it, you know. And um, I was like, oh. so I had to come up with these like crazy solutions to a lot of these different rigs that were just demanded, mm. I guess, by the production. And I mean, I think I grew a lot from being able to problem solve and do these kind of really weirdo things that you're not really usually seeing. It was a lot of fun. At the end of the day, as many of the weird things we had to do in no time also, like rigging takes time. You have to have a setup. You have to know what do you want to achieve? How long? long does it take to set up but on that set we had no time to set up and then it would be like oh but i want this now and then it was like oh now and then so you know there was this one day where we set up it took too long for mm. us to set up because well we weren't told beforehand we had to do it anyways and of course it took long only because it took a more normal amount of time but it took long because everybody's waiting for us because we don't right. have set up time and so after that every day i went to the set I would set up, we'd get in there, we'd set up like five different rigs for whatever might come. So 
in the oh, case that they wanted something, I would have it. I was ready. Oh, <laughs> it was insane. I overprepared. So like, it's just like, just in case they want to do this or that, then we have it. We can do it. We'll just, you know, put this rig up or that rig up instead of having to just everybody like waiting at that for time. us. But it was just funny because I feel like every time I had overprepared, they wouldn't want anything. And it was just like, just a whole like, ooh. Oh. But got through it. We got through it. (laughs) It was fun, though. Wow. Okay. So maybe we can actually go to that first one, 2017, The Teacher, because there's quite a few stunt scenes in there. The production studio, DJI and Wanda, is a huge kind of production in Qingdao as well. That short film is amazing. And you can, I think you can pretty much find it really easily on YouTube or something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Can you tell about that story? That sounds pretty amazing. And that short film was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was so much fun. Thanks to uh, my buddy, Hujingda. He's actually was part of the Beijing team. I met him when uh, I was 14. Oh, 19, really? Oh, 1999. Okay. There we go. 14, 1999. So I guess I was 16. Okay. The first world. Anyways, right. <laughs> so yeah, so Hajinda, he was action director for the project mm. and he actually, you know, put me up for that role and then I got cast in it and I was like so happy. And actually it was because I think he put me up because he saw Bloodhunters, honestly. So this is kind of like one of those things like in film, how you never know what's going to happen and what is going to lead to what. I right. mean, I would have never thought Sam would call me eight years later out of the blue. Mm. <laughs> And I go to Thailand. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this teacher, this project, uh, the director was Jeremy Weiss, who had directed a lot of episodes in uh, Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Uh, He's a very creative guy, really great at directing. Like, I learned a lot from him. I mean, they got all the big wigs in. Um, They had Amir Mokri, who is the uh, cinematographer for, like, Bad Boys. Mm -hmm. Huge, you know, Hollywood projects. And, you know, the top guys at DJI who can operate, you know, Bennett surf huge, was uh, yeah, operating the uh the ronin and like yeah. being able to move at that speed and like being able to track all the action like oh really good and we had all the best technology so all the rigs uh were set up like the camera rigs like there was like an automatic camera that would like literally first look at this then go like this and then go like that like do like all sorts of different camera movements in mm. one motion just by like the click of a button oh wow and they even had a shot where my other friend, Kevin Lee, who's the big guy that I fought. Okay. Who consequently is the guy who brought me to the Wolf Warrior audition, oh, by the way. This all connects. So that connects to Wolf Warrior. Okay. Again. Uh, yeah. Also a very good friend of mine. There's a shot where he goes in. He goes into the car. And literally the camera goes through the car, sees the envelope. That whole thing is not an easy motion. For sure. really done in one shot. It's not cut together. They actually, the camera went through the window. The camera went through the window. I mean, not through the window. I mean, the open window. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the open window. Oh, right. So so it's actually one fluid motion with the camera. Like some of those camera movements, like even the very beginning shot, there's a shot where Hajinda, the guy in the kimono. Okay. You see the papers yeah. of my face there on the table. Right. Like that's also one motion. Track him, track him, track him, go up and then look down at the table. That's one motion Ooh, with the camera. Nice. It's just the technology that they use is insane. That's awesome. So you can have these crazy shots that are all really one shot. They're truly one shot. It's not edited. Also that scene on the highway where you're kind of driving down the highway mm-hmm. and the, the camera kind of comes up and then goes back around the other way as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, it's all the technology. Oh, DJI. They, they 
They're very impressive. Mm-hmm. We were lucky to even go to the DJ headquarters. We saw Down in Shenzhen? And the Beijing headquarters. Oh, okay. DJ okay. Studios headquarters. And we saw them developing some products, like little, Ooh. little like robots that are like kind of like you know like a dolly and a camera that can move in a certain way like it's very cool and they were still like obviously not packaged it's just like metal pins and all this Mm, stuff and like like prototypes but they work yeah (laughs) yeah they're really doing some really cool stuff seriously they really showcasing that in the film and Mm. so any shots that look like one shot they really are one shot and I, i felt like for that was like to be starring in such a like a big budget production was uh, like a really nice feeling. I For felt, sure. I felt it's the first time I felt super pampered about, you know, like on the set, the luxury of having like proper rehearsal time and all these mm. things. It was, yeah, it's an incredible experience. And that short film, the purpose of that was kind of to kick off that studio itself, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the opening film for the opening of the studio. Yeah. So basically after we shot that film, we came back to Wanda and we did an actual in-person live performance for some of the top businessmen and people in the industry. They came to watch this live demonstration of what we did. Whoa, that's cool. So um, there's all these people. Big wigs over there. All these big wigs and the suits and everything that came down in like a VIP, you know, they even had like one of those VIP red carpets for them to come down in. And then we started off our show with the film. So they started to watch the film. Okay, and they screened the film. They screened the film. In the middle of the film, they stopped it and then did one portion of the film live. So, so action. They pause and then action. You guys go into action. Exactly. No way. It was just like, it was so cool. So they stopped in the film. I mean, it was fluid. So like it was like about to happen. The scene's done. And then boom, somebody starts talking in real life. Yeah, it starts with this uh, steam bun. And then like oh, you, yeah. you can see the automatic camera movement. It's the automatic camera. You see the, the camera go in, look at the bun, look at the guy. They do some argument. And then you also see the actual cameraman oh. filming the live demo. Basically everything in motion. The filming on the big screen. Right. And you see the actual me and Kevin fighting in this in marketplace life. in real life. Oh, you guys. Oh, so crazy. So it was like it was like a <laughs> stage. It was like a stage demo. That's like literally a billionaire's show. Only billionaires can be like billionaire show. Show me the movie. It's just film a film and then do it again and show me how it's no. No. So it's really like that. It was. It's exactly what happened. So China level. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one else who could do that. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened. Impressive. Yeah, and then seamlessly goes back to the film. So like I get thrown into this through this room and it goes back to the oh, screen. Oh, right. Oh. So it, it actually finishes. You see the whole film. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's actually a complete experience. In real experience. life, did you stick the chopsticks in his neck? <laughs> in real what? life? Uh, I did into his uh, his putty double. I did, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think Kevin would appreciate it if I right. really just... I think the billionaires would have loved that. But he's, uh, he's a strong guy, strong guy for sure. Yeah. Um, be pretty I hard did to get have that to, through his neck. 
hit him for real with the crates and all those things. Oh, right. Because it's live. Yeah. And I had to hit him hard oh. because it had to break. Oh, so, damn. So okay. thank you, Kevin, for being such a trooper, for- man. <laughs> Shoot. Like, it's uh, it's one of those things when you do stunts. Like, there's always a certain amount of, like, you know, you don't go all the way or you don't do it. But if you're breaking things or if there's something has to happen. Yeah, you got to break then it. Then it's like, it's got to be broken. Like, right. you know, and then they can't score it as much because I'm swinging it around. So what if it falls apart before it gets to him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, yeah, man, he's a trooper. He's a big guy, too. <laughs> But, exactly. But great heart. He's a really good guy. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Any Taiwanese big wigs there? I want to say like, I think what timing was there. I think he was there, but I, I can't remember now. I'd have to like go back and check my list, but I think he was there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. If he becomes president, you can star in his. Yeah. If, he, if he'd like to have the, the girl <laughs> he who was has, he already going has to the like crates a, and all that thing. You know? His vice president's already an actor. So you never know. That's right. You can that's join right. the team. That's right. You guys need someone to. Uh, exactly. Let's put that out there. <laughs> if y'all need someone to like kick some ass. I mean. Exactly. <laughs> it's my thing. It's my day job, man. Exactly. <laughs> she is available. Go with timing. Even though it doesn't look like he's going to win. But you never know. You never know. Never know. Okay. That was the teacher. And then Wolf Warrior 2 as well. You also had several uh, Filipino films. The Blood Hunters and Circle of Bones with this amazing Filipino director, I heard. Uh, <laughs> and then you also have a pretty huge Hollywood film recently. 2022 Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday with Scott Adkins. Not an American, but a British star. Mm-hmm. Superstar. That is the Cantonese accent that I alluded to in the opening. That's right. Yes. That's right. I had to have a Cantonese accent. My character was Wong Siuling. She is from Hong Kong. And exactly. she's a descendant of Wong Fei Hong. Right. Legendary man. So um, she got to be legendary too. Exactly. How was filming that? That must have been amazing. Was that kind of the biggest Hollywood production thus far? I think so. Well, I mean, now, I mean, did a couple of things this year. Oh, that okay. Are, you know. Uh, Soon to be coming. That are soon to be coming. And I think they're all kind of rivaling. Wow, girl. I don't think I would. um, You're on the up and up. But I have to say in terms of, well, I guess the other things haven't come out, but this, Mm. I feel like this was definitely a big turning point in my career in terms of being put on the map as, uh, I guess, an action star. It's funny. I feel so weird saying that. Action star. As an action star. As an action star, (laughs) Um. you know. Um, Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny because like I always have this. I don't know. It's just how Asian people are uh, brought up. You have to exactly. be very humble, and you can't just say, "Yeah, I'm an action star." Right. It's not allowed. You but have to do the Baha'is after. <laughs> I'm trying to like live up to that, but not to sound cocky. But like, it's just something that I feel like you know we struggle with. I know you just have so to do it in like a Central Academy uh, accent. You know. <laughs> Right. Exactly. If you do it like that, like everyone would be like, yo, she's a star. Oh my God. Just sounds. Yeah. Ah, Ming Ching, Ming Ching. Okay. So yeah, it was filmed in Malta. Oh, I was going to ask you that. So you went to Malta. Mm -hmm. All the scenes were in Malta. All the filming. Everything was in Malta. Yeah. Dude, that's cool anyways. It's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, this is also another like five star treatment we did a super nice hotel oh. with the with the with view products. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't 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 gotten those remand products yet not you yet know? okay not yet 
But yes, felt that five-star treatment with the like nice pool and like oh that beautiful sunsets in Malta. Dude, that opening oh, scene. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's like a drone shot or maybe a helicopter shot, just like overlooking kind of the the port of Malta. It's it looks beautiful. ridiculous. It is. It is. Aye, aye, aye. And because it's so small, it's actually easy to get around to go uh-huh. see sites and things like that not that we had that much time but um right i um i did have the pleasure of going to this place called marcia slocks uh excuse me <laughs> it's Is a, that your chinese accent again it's a fishing village okay in the south of uh malta huh. uh i got to go with the late ray stevenson oh Ooh. yeah Ooh. Rest, rest in, in peace. peace man mm. I just, I keep, I mean, every time I think about this shooting, I just want to tear up because he's uh, such a, uh, such a force, you know, Mm. and he, he was really nice. You know, he has so much experience and in the days that we got to shoot together, it was very, very helpful and it was nice for us to spend a whole afternoon, Mm. you know, drinking Scorpio's. Okay, it's like is vodka the- with like lemon slush. It's so good, man. That's like his favorite drink. Okay, okay. you guys all got to try it. <laughs> yeah, drink a little bit, pour some out for the homie. That's right. Yeah, and then uh, it's beautiful, so beautiful. Mm. It's just like just on the sea, and there's like the boats there, and it was just really cool. I mean, the the weather too was really good. Like everything mm. was just like so Perfect. picturesque. Yeah, for like the whole shoot. Yeah. Oh my goodness, how long was filming? It was about. I think I was there for like a little over a month. Okay. So some rehearsals and shooting. Okay, nice. Yeah. What are your best memories from that time filming Accident Man? That was one of my best memories. And then another one was doing that opening scene with Scott, us yelling at each other. In the room. In the the room. In the house after I broke all of his furniture. Right. That beautiful view of the sunset. When 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 the sunset comes. That scene wasn't during the sunset, but Yeah. Um, I think that was the TV. Yes, I broke his TV and then we started yelling at each other. That was just such a memorable scene for me because we actually got to do whatever we wanted and just yell explicitly at each other. Oh, yeah, right. It was just really free. Mm. And we got to do whatever we wanted, sort of not like completely, but we did the scene a couple times Mm -hmm. and we were just laughing. The whole time. And there's actually like a tiny little tell. Like I'm actually laughing in one of the oh, shots. Oh, in one of the shots. Really? <laughs> they, left it, they actually left it in there. I thought that was hilarious. But we had so much fun doing that because it's just that dynamic that Mike and Sealing have. Mm. That is just like so like angry, but not. But like, you know what I mean? Right. Because like, you're supposed to be his master, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is already just pretty hilarious. Yeah. And you just like pop in at random times. Yeah. <laughs> this weird master with this crazy Cantonese accent. I know. Just start kicking his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it's just. A pretty yeah. hilarious character. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I hear rumors. I mentioned this to you in the beginning, but I hear rumors that character of yours was so beloved that they're thinking of kind of creating other films around this character itself is this true i'm asking directly from um, the horse's mouth well do you know anything about this ma'am well i don't know about like a, a spin-off of just her but of course her and mike fallon's character will move on to the next okay i'm, I'm pretty sure there will be an accident man three okay that's all i can really say but 
I think that my character will be a big part of that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I also see on your kind of filmography television with like some Korean stuff. There's this one thing that says my Korean jagia. Jagia means like sweetheart in Korean. But <laughs> what is this? Is this actually a Korean thing or? Yeah, it's a Filipino uh, oh. TV series with a Korean jagia, I guess. Jagia, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think in the film, the male character is an actor. Oh man, I hope I don't butcher this again. <laughs> and I was in, like, I did a, a role as a special agent in one of his films in the series. But okay. so it was, it was like a fake, you know, I was a fake special agent in the series, if that makes any sense, because he's an actor. So they filmed him acting and I was in his scenes or whatever. All right. Something it's like, like a matryoshka doll. There's like dolls within dolls. Yeah. Something like that. Basically. It's complicated. It's a yes. puzzle. It was fun. Actually, for that shoot, Eddie happened to be in town. We both like went in there and did some cool things. Mm. Bought some people, you know, the usual. Broke mm. some backs, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So are you going to be working on anything here in Taiwan? I know you have a lot of stuff going on. We mentioned from the outset that, you know, Vince flew back to the Philippines. I know you have a lot of stuff going on there, your stunt stuff going on there. What about Taiwan? The Taiwanese fans, the Taiwanese public need to know. What do you um, have in store for your home country? I know you're born in the States, but Taiwanese yeah. need to see you. Oh, yeah. I love I love Taiwan. Yes. Uh, soon, I will be producing a horror film here. Mm. And this horror film will be happening um, sometime next Halloween. year. Halloween. Oh, no. Sometime next year. I'm excited for it. I'm not a huge fan of horror, to be honest. But I'm all for shooting international movies in Taiwan promoting the great land of Taiwan. Mm. And um, yeah, I love it here. I love the people. I love everything about it and would love to shoot more films here. So mm -hmm. I'm here. You are we here. all want me. Exactly. Yeah. So is this going to be like a horror slash action or is it like a straight up horror film? It's more of a horror horror oh, film. Okay. I mean, to be determined, but I believe it's more of a horror horror film. Mm. I think y'all like that stuff. So, yeah, so I was going to say, yeah, so, it's very so, popular here in Taiwan. Horror, so. horror for this. It works uh, here for uh, the yes, market. For the market. Um, yeah. That's that's what it'll be. Okay. So you've done a lot of things. As we mentioned, you have like all kinds of things going on as a movie star, producer, stunt coordinator, martial artist, wife, mother, budding real estate mogul and entrepreneur huh? and a kung fu mama. Which one of those things do you kind Can of- Can I pause? Sorry. Yeah. I need to pee. <laughs> and a prolific peer. So, <laughs> so we will take the mics with us as she. <laughs> okay. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. We will be back. No worries. She, she was like raising her hand for a long as time. like a child in the classroom as I'm going on. I hope teacher, this is not in the teacher. Thing. I need. Oh, we are going to put this in there. I told you we're bringing the mic in there. There's. Damage. Damage. I was being polite for so long. Take your time. Enjoy, ma'am. Enjoy. The great Sarah Chang is back. Really is still recording, is it? Oh, 
I feel relieved. You guys. feel refreshed. Guys, um, so just so you know, it's not good to hold your pee. So <laughs> exactly. I had to make a you wait. So. Nature calls. You must answer that call. Yes. She has just answered it. She <laughs> li- <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we my will- gosh. We're going to die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. we, will, we will end it pretty soon anyways, but it's better to be able to do that peacefully and at our own pace. With <laughs> Without being anxious. Oh my gosh. You know, great. Makes everything better. So, as I was asking you, prolific peer, there are many hats that you wear. Which one do you love the most, other than peeing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Okay, acting for sure. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Mm. Career wise, acting, but of course, above all, family. Uh, Sorry, I don't know. That's like, sounds so cheesy, but those girls. Ah, they're so cute. What to do? I know. Uh, Roxanne mentioned on the podcast, she's like, she has two young girls and I love them to death. They're so cute. They are. And they hug each other now. Like, it's just, oh, too much. Can't handle. I have yet to meet them, but I'm looking forward to it. These two little rascals. You will. You'll meet them soon. Yes. Are they well behaved? Uh, Most of the time. Are they not learning from mommy and daddy? And fighting all the time, kicking each other's ass. That has happened. Oh, really? A little really? More, more grappling, less kicking. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm. We're training the future BJJ champions of Taiwan. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, I see see a little bit of that right now. Oh. The kicking happens while they're laying down, though, so. Oh, interesting. So I guess it is. Uh, creating a new martial art. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. BJJ with, like, ferocious up kicks. Yes, they're so painful and they're so small. I don't understand how it's so painful. But yeah, definitely family and acting. Okay. Do you ever want to possibly direct stuff? Um, I've thought about it. I think it's uh, something that I could try. It takes a lot of work, takes a lot of organization, I feel like. And kind of a lot of being able to see the big picture. I haven't decided if I will be good at it, actually. I could try. Mm-hmm. I think I could try. But I kind of like acting because you just focus to do one thing. You just can get into that zone. And that's all you have to do. With stunt coordinating, directing, or producing, there's just so many moving parts. And any one of them can can go wrong mm-hmm. and in stunts that could mean injury in producing that could mean money that you mm-hmm. don't have true in directing that could mean like not a good final product so those three things are like just a lot to take on in general uh, so what i'm saying is the laziest option is acting just kidding also takes a lot of focus okay guys acting is a whole nother beast but i i love it yeah okay so looking back on your career it's not over obviously this is just the beginning but the things that you have done what were your best experiences or memories up until this point definitely accident man i think okay i don't know everything has been great honestly (laughs) Mm. I mean, I've had a great time doing like all of these projects, like the teacher. I think the reason why I said Accident Man is also because being able to work with a legend like Scott Atkins is like something that you would put on a bucket list. And I just somehow already got to do that. And it's just crazy. And I just hope that I get to work with more martial arts legends or even do more projects with Scott Accident Man or beyond that. It's just cool to work with other martial artists and you know people who speak the same language. Right. Speaking of that, 
So what about looking towards the future? What are some kind of dream projects, not the ones that are going on that we can't talk about, but like some future ones? What are some kind of dream directors possibly working for? Or as you mentioned, some of these idols, you know, you kind of grew up watching idols in your martial arts career and then following them, literally having to do a form right after them or competing against them. What about in the movie realm? Are there some kind of actors or other idols of yours that you look up to that you think, oh man, that would be amazing to be able to star with them or do a project together with them? Michelle Yeoh. There it is. The name. The name. The name. The name. What is it about Michelle Yeoh? Girl. (laughs) See you soon, girl. (laughs) You just got to project it, you know, and it'll happen. We are putting that out in the universe as always. Um, I've always wanted to play a superhero. I think that would just be cool. Super, like, I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like that's a dream many actors have. Superhero or kids have. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Exactly. Same difference. So what about you, girl? If you could be a superhero, who would you be? You can even make one up. Oh, I just want to be someone who can fly. Oh. I love flying. And I feel like I have a lot of dreams about flying. Me too. When you were young? Like, Still now? And now, yeah. Last night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just the thing. What like are your flying. dreams flying about? I can't say that they're like superhero-like dreams, honestly. It's more right. like just flying around in the sky, looking down kind of things. Do you have wings? No, I can just fly. You can just fly? Yeah. You don't have like jetpacks coming out of your feet? Mm-mm. You can just fly? I can just fly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now, now, dude, Kane's giving me the craziest look ever. He's like, this girl is, she's crazy. We better end this thing soon. Where do you fly to? Where did you fly to in your dream? Or where would you want to fly to? I think my dreams are not really necessarily something where I want to go or where I want to be. It might just be a, a mood or a mm. presence. I have no idea why I'm flying in these dreams. Um, but if I had to choose, I would probably want to fly over some very nice looking scenery or sunsets or beaches or yeah, somewhere. Basically Malta. Nice. Yeah, Malta. Just keep flying, flying in circles fly around Malta. Over Malta. <laughs> Yeah, I um I know. There's something freeing about flying, right? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yes, because I flo- I've flown already, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it is freeing. It's so funny. <laughs> it's it's weird how dreams like they become real. Sometimes I mean, yeah, how they become real, but like just the way they really feel. Right. Right? Like yeah. sometimes they really feel real. Exactly. And you when like you talk woke about it, you're like, oh you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was really great. Like you experienced it. Exactly. I experienced my dream. <laughs> it's not real, but I experienced it. Yes. It felt real. It was real. Exactly. Exactly. Who, who just can really like, say whether it is or not? I know. I know. It's like inception here. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You never know. In the movie world, anything can happen. That's right. So Michelle Yeoh, that is your dream like idol that you would love to work with. Yeah, I just feel like she exudes this motherly and badass presence. And I feel like she would be very caring on the set, honestly, Mm. even though she's so badass and like she learned so much from her. I mean, just by being in her presence, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's a legend all around the world. When you do work with her. I'm going to tag along. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going right. to be hiding in your suitcase. Good. So good. I can meet her as well. That's right. That's right. We'll be we'll be homies soon. Exactly. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen. That's amazing. And then finally, what about Taiwan? 
you know, you were born in Virginia in the same hospital in the same year as Roxanne Barcelo, but you are here in Taiwan, just like just like Roxanne. What are you planning here? Are you going to be here for a while? Are you splitting your time between here in the Philippines and Hollywood, of course, and then Thailand, because you have a lot of stuff going on there as well. And Korea, because, you know, you're becoming a Riemann representative in Taiwan. <laughs> what is going on in the future for Miss Sarah Chang? Well, actually, we are going to build a sound studio in our studio. Mm. Uh, this is something you don't know. I know. I was just about to say. Do you ever get to? I mean, it's new news. We talk so much. Do you ever get to like find new information in, I the, in know. the show? This, this is, is Taiwan Xingwen. This is a new new this, information, man. <laughs> this is amazing. Breaking news. Okay, so you have a studio located here in Beitou, Xinbeitou. Yeah, yeah, in Xinbeitou. Okay. And yes. I saw the renovations, yes. which was fantabulous since you are a budding real estate mogul. You <laughs> have these skills from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, you renovate the whole thing by yourself. Yes, with my hands. I know. Mm -hmm. Not only do you kill people with those hands, you can pick up a hammer and... Or the phone, but... Or yes. the phone and good. call a contractor. Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take the credit for that, but um, yes, we did build out the studio. If anyone would like to shoot some podcasts, exactly shows, commercials, YouTube videos, and soon record very crystal clear sound, we're gonna build a like a sound room basically in the studio. It's gonna be a new part of it. That's something that is new, and um, excited for that. We had a producer, yeah, my best friend's best friend. He was in Taiwan, and he he produces prolifically audiobooks. He's an Ooh. audiobook director. He came and looked at our studio and said, you could build this out. And I said, I'll do it. Oh, no way. I'm on it. I'm on it. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's in the works. That's awesome. Yeah, because you yeah. definitely have space in there, right? And you mm -hmm. were kind of trying to figure out what to do with it. But that's amazing news. So is it going to be music as well? Is that kind of, or maybe kind of the future goal is to have like a full like audio production place with music and, you know, other kind of things? I think we could record vocals, audiobooks, or mm. anything like that. In terms of actually recording like music, maybe if the one person was in there with their instrument, I think singly, singularly, okay. like per person. So it's going to be pretty small. Yeah, it's going to be small. It's not going to be like entire rooms. I feel like the sound will be much better if it's more compact. Yeah, like yeah. a booth. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we're building a sound booth. Perfect for our buddy Roxanne. Yeah, I told her already. Exactly. She said it's an, it's an open door for you gotta her. Gotta get on it, girl. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Is there a name for your studio? Just Scene 8 Studio. Scene 8. The 8th scene. scene the 8th scene, correct. Can we know where this name comes from? Before the 8th scene, the main character will arrive. It will be revealed. That is a rule. We're all the main characters, so Scene 8, baby. So Scene 8, there it is. If any of you all are looking for a studio for any of those kind of things, if you want to sing your heart out or record an audiobook, or if you just want to get really close to this superstar of ours, <laughs> be in the same room as Miss Sarah Chang, might be a good idea to rent that space for like an hour or a year. <laughs> something like that, you know? Yeah, it's an open door. Uh, we got a dystopian side. We got a gray side. We even have a photo studio area Ooh, too. Okay. Lights, cameras. Cam we got all cameras, sorts. We got action. all the equipment. So lights, camera, action. Exactly. Action meaning click on our socials and come visit us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she might rig you up and fly you around as well. True. Uh, my rigging equipment actually is in the studio right? at the moment. So 
Maybe you should open like a BDSM studio as well. <laughs> oh you know, my. it's a big thing here. I've really? Talked, no, seriously. I've talked about it with quite a few of my old guests. What? My guests. Yeah. Who are into BDSM. It's a big thing here. I did not know I that. I think it's a relic of Japanese occupation here as well. Uh -huh. The shibari Japanese are really into, you know, bondage, rope oh. art, things like this. Okay. You know, that's like rigging. Okay, yeah. Got a rig from the ceiling. I could very technically up, right? rig that. Yes. I'm this could be a side career, ma'am. I, I am good at rigging. I'm good at rigging. So if, if that's something you guys are interested. Exactly. I'm not sure I would agree to that, but <laughs> it is it is something I can do. You I can will do say it. that. Okay. All right. So yeah, consult with her. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> it's just the you rigging consulting fee. And then you guys got to buy your own rigs. Exactly. <laughs> Take it from there. Take it from there. Oh, amazing. Okay. So yes, I want to thank you very much for coming in here on your very busy schedule. You are probably flying out again to film another crazy action film that we cannot talk about. Fingers crossed. There are a lot of things going on. There were a lot of things going on that will be released as well. And there will be a lot of things. So Michelle Yeoh, please watch out. We're coming after you peacefully. Yes. With love and respect. That's right. That's right. The utmost. Utmost respect, Michelle exactly. Yeoh, the legend. Yes. All right. So thank you very much, Sarah. We will uh, hang out very soon for dinner and we hope to come by your studio to check out the new developments. Anytime. Thank you so much, Kane. Yes. And thank you for not completely falling asleep, Mocha. Exactly. Is Mocha still long. awake? Sort of. Sort of awake. Oh, yeah. She's shaking. Uh -huh. That's what happens when she knows it's about to end. Yeah. <laughs> She wants to see daddy, so it's uh, come in, baby. <laughs> always a pleasure to come come here and chat with you. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. Likewise, Kung Fu Mama. Oop. With that, we wish you all a wonderful, wonderful day. Be safe with your rig <laughs> and be your own action star before C Nate. Yep. Yes. Which may be starring Sarah Chang. Starring Sarah Chang, rigged by Sarah Chang, directed by her husband. You can't get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> all right so everyone have a wonderful wonderful day we will see you next time peace and love and <laughs> love, love.